Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. That's a really well-known scripture. Many of you, if you've been around church for a long time, you'll have heard of the fruit of the Spirit. And you'll have heard of some of those, um, f- those fruit that gets mentioned there. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We're going to spend the next eight weeks covering nine topics. Basically, Easter kind of comes in eight weeks' time. So we have until Easter to fit that all in. And we thought we'd spend some time looking at the different aspects of this important piece of um, Scripture, Galatians 5. But as I was reading this this week, you'll notice that verse 22 starts with the word, but. Now, how often do we read Scripture but ignore the context that it sits within? See, Paul is writing this letter to a church in a place called Galatia, and he's saying, here's the fruit. This is what it should look like if you are following Christ and his Holy Spirit lives within you. But you have to read the bit that comes before that to understand why there is a but there. And Paul spends the first part of Galatians 5 listing all the things that work if you don't have the Holy Spirit within you. And I want to read to you from verse 16 in the message version, and it says this. The message version is like a paraphrased version of the Bible. A modern version brings it to life a little bit. This is Paul, the writer, saying this to the church, the new church. He's saying, my counsel is this. Live freely, animated and motivated by God's Spirit. Then you won't feed the compulsions of selfishness. For there is a root of sinful self-interest in each one of us that is at odds with a free spirit. Just as the free spirit is incompatible with selfishness. There are two ways of living, but they're opposite to each other. You cannot live at times one way and at times another way according to how you feel on any given day. Why don't you choose to be led by the Spirit and escape the erratic compulsions of a law-dominated existence? I mean, Paul is going for it at this point. It gets even more straight, uh, even more straight in this uh, talking now. He says in verse 19, It's obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. It's repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket guards, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied once, a brutal temper, an impotence to love or be loved, divided homes, divided lives, small-minded, lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of communities. I could go on, he says. I think he said enough. That's what life looks like without the Spirit. And then he gets to the point of verse where he goes, but if you live God's way, he brings gifts into our lives, the same that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others. He means love in this, uh, in this version. Exuberance about life, serenity, developing a willingness to stick with things. Paul is saying there are different ways of living life. You can live without the Spirit. You can live self-centered lives, and this is what will happen. But if you decide to be full of the Spirit and be a follower of Christ, then the fruit of the Spirit will be something everybody will see. We talked at the beginning of the year about um, being rooted and this idea that we need to be rooted into Christ. We had that image, didn't we, of the tree and the the roots going down into Christ, the, the trunk being the community called the church and our branches being our reach into the community around us. The fruit is what people See, everyone sees the fruit. 
And so the first fruit we're going to look at this week of the Spirit, I get the big one, we get to look at love. Nice and simple. We're going to talk about the topic of love. I've got about 20 minutes left in my talk. We okay with that? We've spent decades trying to work it all through, but here we go. I don't know about you, but we're coming into a Valentine's season. Woo! Well, if you didn't know, it's been in the shop since about, I don't know, December the 26th or something. And you can get hold of Valentine cards and Valentine things. Has everyone planned their Valentine's moments? All the men are suddenly realizing it's coming. Oh, dear, I forgot. Every February. A few years ago, I, um, I took my beautiful wife, Lottie, on a Valentine's date. I was feeling pretty chuffed with myself because I got a deal. I've got a deal. We've got a three-course meal and something sparkly for a special price. And I was kind of like, look at me, done it right here. It came in my inbox the day before. I thought that would do, lovely. Nothing romantic as a forethought. And I took her to this restaurant. And as we walked in the door, I realized that everyone else had bought the same deal. And they rammed this restaurant with every spare table they could find. And you were like this, sitting around a table. And they obviously wanted to use your table more than two or three times that evening because they kept bringing out the next course where you can finish the first course. And the moment you said, check please, they were like kicking you out the door and bringing in the next romantic Romeo and Juliet. It was not my finest hour. I don't know what you think about when you think about love, whether you think about the romantic side of love or whether you think about love for others. I'm not sure what you think about, but you can tell a lot about someone's understanding of love by the way they treat people. You can tell a lot about somebody by their fruits. You can tell people's people by their actions. You know, my, um, let's read this. Uh, from Matthew 7 says this. We mentioned it a bit in that short video. A good tree produces Good fruit. A bad tree, but she's bad fruit. I know nothing about gardening, but I think this is true. Anyone going to agree with me? Any gardeners in the house? A good tree can't produce bad fruit. A bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree does not produce good fruit. It's chopped down and thrown into a fire. Yes, this is verse 20. You can identify a tree by its fruit. So you can identify people by their actions. When I was eight years old, we moved house, and uh, we moved house to quite a substantial house in the country, and my dad decided to plant an orchard. That's what you do when you live in the country, you've got too much land, you, you plant an orchard. So he bought a bunch of trees, and I remember it well because he planted them, he was very proud of his orchard. I think it was about eight trees, to be honest with you. And he was, he'd labeled them all little plastic kind of labels he'd written on them. They looked identical. To be honest with you, they're a bit in the way of our football pitch that we thought as boys, that really grass is there for kicking a football around, isn't it? So he planted these trees, and we had no idea what they were until what? We could see the fruit. And then you realize you had, we had apple trees, we had pear trees, we had plum trees, and we had, I don't know why, damson trees. Damson, what can you do with damsons apart from make jam? But we had all these trees. And all that we knew was these trees looked identical. When my dad first planted them, they were probably three, four feet high, and now they're still there 30 plus years later on, and they are fruit trees. And you know which fruit tree they are because the fruit. You can see the fruit. My dad also tried to grow an orange tree in the house. It didn't really work so well. Nothing happened. He was very proud of this tree, but it just sat there. So one day, my brothers and I thought it would be kind of fun to sellotape oranges onto his tree. We thought that was brilliant. He was like, because it would be like two years we'd be sitting there, no fruit. So we thought we'd just give it a bit of a helping hand. 
he was really not impressed by our efforts to kind of, you know, we just, we literally, and I remember we even stuck Jaffa stickers on them as well. You know, you know the little orange with little Jaffa stickers. I thought, well, that was a brilliant idea. Dad, look, come with stickers attached. You can't fake fruit. You can't pretend to be something you're not. You can tell people as much as you want. You're blue in your face that I, I am a loving person. I want to express my love for you. They will know how you feel about them. People know when you try and pretend to be something you're not. People know your fruit, your actions, your character stick out more like a sore thumb than any of us want to admit to. Love is more than just a feeling or an emotion. It is an action which people understand that is expressed to one another. It is not some distant and deeply rooted thing. Fruit is revealed by our actions. There's a couple of definitions here for you of love. Um, Love is this, this is one definition, to serve a a person for their good and intrinsic value, not for what the other person brings to you. This is, a, this is really a godly definition of love, to serve others. The opposite of love, and this is sometimes we hear this being used, is fear. Love is sometimes used as a fear or manipulation tool or for self-protection or even to abuse people. People use the word love in so many different ways. And we can see versions of love that are actually just completely counterfeit love, a selfish affection. You know, you're rescuing somebody and you say it's because you love them, but actually it's about yourself. You're attracted not to a person, but maybe how this person's love makes you feel. And the love is not fully given. It's actually because you want something in return. When you look at what the world says about love, it's got a lot of things to say. It says, um, this is that some brain scientists say this, that love is an involuntary emotion. It's like a drive, like a thirst. It's a craving. It's normal sometimes to lose control in these early stages of love. Or it can make you do strange things like when you get really thirsty. We are built, scientists tell us, to fall in love. What does that even mean? The ancient Greeks called love the madness of gods. Love that, the madness of gods. Or modern psychologists, a bit more kind of and proper, define it as the strong desire for emotional union with another person. Imagine two psychologists going out together. I think I feel like I have a strong desire for an emotional union with you, another person. Let's have an experiment together. It means a meal. But what actually is love? There's so many different things people say. Shakespeare said this, love is blind and its lovers cannot see. Aristotle said, love is composed of a single soul inhabiting two bodies. But then there are amazing, well-famous, if you think about your favorite love song. Right now, some of you are starting to hum. I can just hear it in the room. You're starting to hum. Thank you, Jim, for bringing out one of those famous Beatles lines. All you need is love. Love is all you need. Isn't that right, people? Forget anything else. All you need is love. I would like to have quoted Mr. Boombastic, row, 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 romantic, otherwise known as Shaggy. But my favorite song of all time was probably um, I Love You From The Bottom Of My Pencil Case by Beautiful South. I love you from the bottom of my Thank you, both of you. Wonderful. And the rest of you want to sing but a bit too embarrassed. You've probably got your famous favourite song. There are so many songs over centuries people have tried to encapsulate what is this thing called love. There's been poetry written. There have been statues created, paintings painted. 
people have tried to describe love. It's really hard to do. Often the world's efforts, especially in the songs we hear on the radio, are songs more about a love of relationship, of, of one of directed towards some person. But it isn't what God talks about. None of these world's efforts get even close to what God is saying when he talks about love. In Greek, there are four different words for love. If you, um, the, the, Old, the, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. The New Testament, the second half of the Bible, is written in Greek. And Greek um, words are they're much more complicated than the English language. Often they have different sort of feelings. And so there are four different words for Greek. And only um, really one of, uh, three of those are used probably in New Testament. So storge there, which be, means being devoted. It's like, I love my dog. I, I'm devoted to this thing. I'm devoted to my family. I'm devoted to my, my children. It is a devotional love. Eros is uh, from erotic, from um, a kind of a, uh, a physical love. And this is actually really more about I, a self-centered love. I want to express my love for someone else because I'm hoping to get something back in return. And Eros is never used in Scripture. You won't find that in the New Testament. That's very much a worldly-focused, self-centered love. I'm going to express my adoration for you, and I'm hoping I'll get something back. It's, it's, a, it's a transactional love. And then philia, which is used in Scripture quite a few times, is a friendship love. It's like saying, we want to be friends together. It's like, can we be happy? It's about you and us, to get, you and me together. So if eros is, is a selfish love, philia is a, a mutual love. And then the last one, which is used regularly in Scripture, agape, is a selfless, unconditional love. It's an expression of love that I want you to be happy, and I don't care about myself. I'm choosing to prefer you to me. I am loving others rather than myself. Can you see the different types of love there that get used? Four different types of Greek word. The Bible has lots to say on love. Probably the classic one that's used at every single wedding you've ever been to. Anyone shout out with you? 1 Corinthians 13. It's been read every single wedding I think I've been to in different versions. I've heard it wrapped. I've heard it spoken word. I've heard it sung. 1 Corinthians 13 um, says this. The Bible tells this. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way because that's selfish. Love is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice and rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstances. The love the Bible talks about, it's agape love, is so much more than the world often talks about. You know, I hear people say these kind of things, I'm no longer in love with that person. What they're saying is, I've given up. I've chosen not to continue. It's a deliberate choice, not a feeling. Love doesn't give up. Love never loses faith. And in 1 John 4, the writer says this, Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. God is the author of love. God is the creator of love. He designed love between man and himself at the very beginning of creation. And love is still this thing, a thousand years later, we try to work out what is love. And I'm now about to deliver it to you. You ready? Thank you. I'm not going to do that, but I can give you some hints, some tips, and maybe some ideas. I came across a book a few years ago called The Five Love Languages. This is by a guy called Gary Chapman, and he wrote this book called Five Love Languages to explain a little bit about how we perceive love. 
Because we're all fairly self-centered. Right at the beginning there of Galatians 5, Paul was saying our desires, our natural desires, are self-interest. But God is trying to tell us, actually, no, be interested in others. And when you're filled with the Spirit, you turn your attention to what others want rather than what you want. And when you look at these five love languages, these are aspects that we all have that we prefer to receive love. And there are five different um, things on the screen. I'm not sure you can see those. Great. Words of affirmation. You love hearing people say kind things to you. It makes you feel warm inside. You feel loved. Maybe you love acts of service. When people say, can I sort that out for you? Can I provide something? Can I help you? That's an expression of love. Or um, quality time. Now, this is not about sitting in the same room watching TV together. This is devices off. This is eyeball to eyeball. I want to spend time with you. Quality time. Or maybe you, you prefer physical touch. It's not about just the bedroom stuff. This is about um, a hug, a, a handshake, a, a, a closeness to somebody. You can feel their physical touch and you'll just feel like I'm feeling loved because they've appreciated me. Or maybe for some, this is the one of, for you, receiving gifts. And this is not just um, casual gifts. This is about something someone's given a lot of thought to. Someone's come and they've given you something with deliberate intention and expressing their love for you with a gift. And these are different ways we understand love. And so this week, I, I set some of the staff team a bit of a challenge. And I, Lottie and I did this as well. On that, that website there, fivelovelanguages.com, you can go on there and there is a test, an online test you can do. You can do it as friends. You can do it as uh, parents and children. You can do it as husband and wife, boyfriend and girlfriend. You can just do that if you want to. It's, it's a lot of fun. Not now. Put your phones down. Okay, but fivelovelanguages.com. And I said to um, some of our staff team, I said to, to Jim and Natalie, to Hannah and Jordan and to Joe and Paul, myself and Lottie, can you go away and can you go and do this test? It caused a bit of fun in the office, can I say. The truth is that if you ask me, um, for me, it's all about acts of service. I, I love when things are done for me. It's fantastic. And, 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 I, and often what I do is I will often do an act of service for my wife, thinking that she has the same love language. But I have to point it out to her that I've done the act of service. Anyone else know that? Have you seen what I've done? I've done the washing up. Look. Look at the washing up. And uh, she's not so impressed by the fact I've had to point it out. That kind of loses me brownie points. Um, and then when Lottie did this test, she kind of likes all of them. All of them. She goes, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of happy with all of them. Gifts, acts of service, physical touch, I'm, I'm good with all of them. And so the, the staff team, I, I sent them away and they came back with some interesting results. I have them all here. But because of time, I said, actually, could we just interview one couple which had the most interesting set of results? We'd like to know which couple that was. Good. Please give you welcome to the stage to join me, Mr. and Mrs. Ibert. Oh, yes. Come and join me, Joe. This is Joe and Paul. Joe, you've already met today. This is Paul. Paul, I'm going to give you the microphone here. I think Joe's had enough time today. So I set you the task um, of filling in this online test, which takes only five minutes, probably. How was that for you, Paul? Uh, it was very funny. I just could not stop laughing all the way through, literally because as I was answering all the questions, I was thinking, that's the one Joe would choose. That's the one I'm choosing. And I, I could just see immediately how it was going to go. So to see how Good well fun. you know your, your wife then, um, what was, do you think would be her top um, love language out of the five I've mentioned this morning? <clears throat> the top one. 
the top one. Um, it would uh, gifts or Ooh, oh dear. I don't know. Oh. Acts oh. or jo acts of service. Oh. I, I don't you sound know. a bit confused, Joe. Why yes. is it confusing to know which one was your top gift? <laughs> I think a bit like Lottie, I had quite a few that were the same. Yes, you did. Yes. <laughs> so I, I scored the same on... Uh, <laughs> Four of them. Four of, out of the five. Yes. So can you tell me what was Paul's top... What do you think Paul's top love language would be? I think it was physical touch. Physical touch. It was really t right up there. It was, like Out yes. of 12 points, it was like most of those points were physical touch. Yes. And um, what was your bottom score, Joe? <laughs> Physical touch. <laughs> like out of 12, it was one. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, and I can't believe you actually sent them to me because I was just reading it <laughs> laughing. I'm going, how do these guys make this thing work? So what is the magic then? How does this work then? How do you, how do you, um... <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that. H how do you, as a married couple now for 27 years? Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, because I remember going to the 25th, so it must be yep. 27. Um, how do you then, obviously you've worked out somehow, love languages are different. So obviously, Paul, you've learnt how to speak Joe's love language. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, I, I, I don't think I'm qualified to actually answer that, <laughs> that question. Anyone else going <laughs> to? <laughs> I've tried on a couple of occasions. Uh, oh, dear. I think twice over the last 27 years. Um, so and it hasn't always gone well. Gone hasn't wrong. always got. Yeah, one went uh, went quite wrong. We for our tenth wedding anniversary, we went to Paris. Now, Joe organised that, obviously. Um, but I thought it would be a nice thing to buy an eternity ring for her. So, I, so I was. Uh, we were wandering around Paris, and I wanted to find a, like a really romantic spot to give this ring to her, um, because. To be honest, presenting the engagement ring wasn't that romantic. So, so I thought this was my one opportunity of walking around the city of romance, trying to find... And, and I'd done my research. I even knew that there was, a, there was a point... I can't remember it now. It was a long time ago. But there was a point on the Seine is, uh, uh, that's meant to be particularly romantic, uh, uh, typically where you would ask somebody to, to marry you. And I kept on trying to steer Joe in that direction. And she was going, now, what do we want to go down there for? It's horrible. So it's, and... and Wherever I tried to take her to give her to give her this ring, she would just um, so I just gave up and gave it to her, gave it to her in a restaurant later on. <laughs> it was just what in McDonald's. It was <laughs> <laughs> on the Champs Elysees. I'm not, I'm not going to say. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, it was nice. It, it was nice. <laughs> yeah, but I did sabotage that whole event, didn't I? Because I like to be in control. <laughs> I didn't think he had a very good idea. So, so, so I felt a bit bad. And how about you, Joe, to express Paul, the way Paul likes to hear love expressed? How, how did you do that? How have you worked that out? Yeah, Paul would like Just, to know. Uh, I, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, uh, I think it's always good to look, look at the second one down in a list. Okay. Any list. <laughs> Just avoid the top one and go second. Because then there's an element of surprise as well, oh. isn't there? So don't go for the obvious. So, you know, a physical touch, <laughs> that's okay. But yeah. Oh, it's all right. It's you all right, Paul. So, uh, yeah. So uh, that's... Oh, he right in. <laughs> you should try it. Fantastic. Anyway, big thank you to Mr. and Mrs. Ivert. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Paul. Wonderful. <laughs> the challenge about that... That, that language is that what we tend to do is we tend to treat people the way we want to be treated. So if you love receiving gifts, you'll assume by giving somebody else a gift that they will feel loved. 
But the secret to expressing love is to find out what other people actually enjoy and doing something for them that's not for yourself. You see, real love, this agape, this is selfless love. It's saying, I want to show you that I love you, expecting nothing in return. How many times have you shown someone love, hoping to get something back? How many times have you used love as a transactional tool? How many times have I said to my wife, I've done all these things? What I'm really saying is, I've done these things on my side of the kind of, you know, the, the ledger. I'd like you to kind of contribute another. And we're kind of doing a deal. We're saying, I've done this. Could you do something for me? Love, true, real love, is not a currency to be used that way. It's not, I do this, so you do that. And, and it's, it's something we see all the time in, in our media. This concept that, you know, the young boy goes up to a girl and goes, Whoa, you look hot. And she goes, great, let's go for a date. Is is that how it works? I say something nice to you and you do something in return. That's not love. That's that's that eros love. That's the one that says, I'm doing something because I want something back. Love is an expression of, of who God is. That selfless love that's choosing others rather than themselves. And love is not a feeling. We talk a lot about this feeling called love. It's, it's more than that. It's a choice that we make. And when we sit down with people who are about to get married together, Lottie and I, we talk about this as a choice. You are choosing to love someone. When someone says, I've fallen out of love, it's like, no, you've chosen to no longer commit to that person. It's not a feeling. Feelings come and go. But we make a choice to love somebody. Love is an action. It's not just an internal emotion. There's that well-known story of a couple that have been married for 60 years or more. And the wife turns to her husband one day and says, Darling, you haven't told me you loved me. And he says, Well, on our wedding day, I said I loved you. If anything changes, I'll let you know. <laughs> That's not how it works, is it? We need to express our love regularly. We need to... We need to recognize if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit lives in you. And we need to reflect the Spirit in the fruit and the love that we show to others around us. It's not accidental, it's deliberate, it's an intentional, trained approach. We need to train our flesh to follow the ways of the Spirit. The assumption that if I just say yes to Jesus, then suddenly I'll become magically loving to everyone around me overnight is not the case. And I could probably find lots of examples, including myself, to show that to you. We need to choose to follow God's ways and reflect his love. Galatians 5, we read earlier, says this. um, Since This is the message version again. Since this is the kind of life we have chosen. We've chosen. We've chosen to follow Jesus. If you've chosen to follow him, chosen to have this life of the Spirit, let us make sure that we do not hold it as an idea in our heads. It's a logical thought through. Yes, okay, I must love people. Or just something in our hearts, a sentiment, an emotion. But we need to work out its implications in every detail of our lives. We have to choose to love people. And the godly love is one that says, I'm going to love even the unlovable. To love the unloved. To choose to love those that nobody wants to spend their time loving. As a church, I want us to express God's love to the people that the world says aren't really worth giving your time to. We want to show our love to all 
different people. Love is not meant to be a hidden emotion. It's an expressed action that is, that is given with nothing expected in return. And that is a challenge because we live in a world that everyone says, I want a transaction. I want to do a deal. I want to show you love. I want something back. I'm going to take you and give you a special treat or a gift, but I'm hoping you'll do something in return. That's how the world works when love comes into play. But godly love is a selfless love. Let's get the worship team up, give them time to climb up onto the stage. You know, God loves us in very different ways. If you look through Scripture, you can find even those five love languages. I, I spent some time studying this week, you'll be pleased to hear. And this idea that God says these things here. He says, um, we cannot be, uh, sorry, time. Psalm 136 says this. It says, um, uh, God's love endures forever. God's got plenty of time to express his love to you. Or um, words in 1 John 3, um, he says this. See what love the Father has given. We are called children of God. God speaks of his love for us. He recognizes us as his children. Or this idea, and a touch is a bit of a hard thing to find. I thought, I'm going to struggle with this one. Um, but it says this in Romans 8, that we cannot be separated from God's love. We cannot be separated. His love will never be far from us. Or Romans 5 says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. If that's not the ultimate act of service, that he lays down his life for his friend, that Jesus gave his life for each one of us. Or probably that most famous of, of verses, what a great gift. For God so loved the world that he gave his son Jesus Christ. And if you don't know what it's like to have this gift of love that comes from the author of love, God himself, then I would love to speak with you or pray with you. I'm interested to pray with you after this morning. But God loved the, us so much that he gave his son, Jesus. So I want to leave you, before we, we sing in a moment, I want to leave you with a final challenge. You up for a challenge, Freedom Church? Um, I was a bit uncomfortable putting it up as a love challenge, but we'll do this anyway. I want to challenge you this week, within these next seven days, to do something selfless for someone else. I want you to find out another person's love language, to find out what really is their specific desire. And it doesn't have to be your husband or wife. It could be someone who's just a really good friend or someone who's a colleague at work. I want, to find, I want you to, to investigate secretly like a Christian ninja. And I want you to do something for someone else without them even realizing what you're doing. I want you to express your love or God's love for someone else and wanting nothing in return. You up for that challenge? To express God's love in a fresh way. John 13 says this. This is Jesus speaking. I'll give you a new commandment. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. He's saying, I've done it. God's loved you. I've loved you. Will you now show your love to others? So I challenge you this week to find someone to show God's love to. And it says this, 1 John 3, My children, our love should not just be words and talk. It must be true love, which shows itself in action. What would it look like if, if Freedom Church went from here and spent the next seven days expressing a godly love to those around us? 
Not a transactional worldly love that says, can you give me something back in return? But a love that expressed wanting nothing back. It could change our workplaces. It could change our homes. It could change the place we live in. Let's stand, shall we? I'm going to pray for us. Father God, we thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. You came, you died, you took on all our sin and mistakes and errors. You took our place, an incredible gift to us. And you sent your your Holy Spirit, your comforter, your guide to live in each one of us. And Lord, those fruits of your Holy Spirit, this is one of them, this, this love, this love that is not in some ways a natural love. It's not a human love. It's a godly love. A love for others, regardless of what we get in return. Lord, I pray, first and foremost, you would fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit. You'd fill us as Freedom Church here this morning. You'd fill us anew with that Spirit that has incredible gifts, incredible fruits. Lord, may we be people who carry fresh beautiful, good fruit into all the places we inhabit, we pray. May we be a, a, a community that shows love. May we as individuals show love. May the spirit that resides within each one of us show love this week, we pray. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk Thank you for listening.